and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Hello again and welcome to our latest show. This episode we're chatting to Sophia Wong Bokshio, member of Sophia's Choice, to tell us about the Chicago-based Asian pop-up cinema. Mm-hmm. We'll also look back on the career of Benny Chan, who sadly died recently, as well as hearing from another of our Udine Far East Film Festival campus correspondents. But first, that important question. What are you <laughs> drinking this episode, James? Uh, today I'm, you know, being quite moderate. I'm drinking a White and Mackay with soda water. So, <laughs> I don't know if the cocktail has a name, but it doesn't taste of anything. Oh, lovely. And you're, you're <laughs> I am, uh, once again, on the... Could it be the Howling Hops? It could be the Howling Hops. <laughs> it's a kind of push-push. Uh, it's a nice, DDH nice design. It's great. Well, it's nice geometric yeah, design. Nice. Yes. What's the percentage? 5.8. It's not quite at 6% is the following yeah. half, but still very solid. So we're very happy to be joined by Sophia Wong Bosho. Very nice to have you on the show to mm. chat about uh, Sophia's Choice and Asian pop-up cinema. I think if we can just start to uh, kind of hear a bit of your background and how you came to set up Sophia's Choice. Mm. Well, first of all, my family were filmmakers from Hong Kong. So oh, they, cool. were, they were active in the 50s, 60s and 70s. My father mm. was a film editor and my mom was an actress. So mm. it's one of those drama comedian actress. So you see her in every single film. <laughs> a little role here is being the mother, the Verosa's land lady or the mama son because she was a little bit on the heavy side. So she's always playing that kind of role. My father was actually one of the first few uh, award-winning uh, editors that win the Malaysian Asian Film Award as the best editor. Uh, he worked for the um, MP uh, studio in Hong Kong, which is mm. originally from Malaysia, Singapore. Mm-hmm. So it's a, sort of the rivalry, uh, comp- competitive studio of Run Run Show. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, so she, he was the head editor in that uh, studio for his entire career. Unfortunately, he, he, he passed away very early in his late 50s. Uh, of an unexpected heart attack, but he did receive an award and everything. So as a kid, I really grew up uh, between between my mom's studios and his studio, you know. <laughs> if you know about Hong Kong, the studios are separated in, uh, one is in Clearwater Bay uh, mm. area, one is in, uh, in uh, Diamond Hill area, which mm. is uh, uh, right near the, the old uh, Kai Tak uh, airport you know, that, that mm. direction. So anyway, that, that's my childhood. Um, <laughs> but I grew up as, a, uh, as an adult. My first uh, profession actually took me to China. So I was working and living in Beijing uh, as a multinational firm representative for 15 years. Mm. Mm. But during that time, it was a very unusual time because the first uh, in the 80s was still very mild era, you know, mm-hmm. in the suit <laughs> and doing everything centralized and everything. But when you gradually move into the light, the scene changed a little bit. Uh, but one thing hasn't really changed is in the film area. It's still very much controlled, uh, only showing whatever the state want the people to see in the public, in the theater and everything. But that was also the time when uh, I would say the Chinese cinema having a golden era because it's just opened up after cultural revolution. Mm-hmm. Zhang Yimou's movie hitting the international film festival, you know, mm-hmm. winning, winning the Berlin Film Festival Award. And so that generation, all the Zhang Yimou movie, Gongli movie really took mm-hmm. the world like a storm. So mm-hmm. everybody was uh, attracted by it. Uh, so guess what? None of those films were able to be seen with English subtitles in China. Mm. Because if they were mm. shown, they were just shown in local language. Nobody bothered about the subtitles. Uh, so because of my work environment and my you know, network of friends, are all business people, expat, embassy people, 
and they never have a chance to see all these films winning awards in the world, you know, and they couldn't see it in China, working in China. So that's where actually I started 1994 as a Sophia's Choice bi-weekly event. Uh, mm-hmm. So I find the film, I rent the theater, and then I stage it up. Uh, if, I can't, if I can't get the actors or director to come and talk, I just stage them up on the stage and talk. And my target audience is really the expect, totally mm-hmm. expect. So I make sure they are foreign subtitles, uh, the, uh, it. I want to make sure I, I, uh, I had this set up in a little, uh, in a four-star hotel, the multi-function auditorium that mm. is seated nicely, like as if you go to a symposium. So it's mm. all uh, elevated seating, big screen mm. back there, big stage. So uh, people are very comfortable, 200 seats or so. So they were very happy. They go there. And that's how I started. <laughs> so that's my little pet project. Uh, I was there 94 to 96 before we got relocated to Australia. And then when I was in Australia, I hosted two independent little film festivals, one for the Chinese consulate and one for the Hong Kong uh, government, the ETO people. And one is a retro of the new way for Hong Kong. Another one is just a uh, a selection of Hong Kong uh, Chinese contemporary films. So I was there for two years. And then, so I have to go back because you know I, how old I am, right? So, <laughs> so, so I have to go, uh, 1999, I was in Hong Kong. And, and that's where I, I met Udane people. Mm. And they were just beginning uh, the, the first edition, you know, or mm. the pre-edition. Uh, so I was the first Hong Kong coordinator because I was in Hong Kong at the time. And the guest I was escorting and his entourage to uh, Italy was Stephen Chow. Wow, okay. Very cool. So that was the year they have the King of Comedy mm. showing all his film and everything. So mm. since then, I would say my, uh, my connection and my passion about Asian film totally hooked. Uh, through Udane Film Festival. So to this day, I still thank Sabrina and Thomas. Uh, so I've been back day, year after year, uh, you know, a couple of years I, I missed a little bit for, for their, they just had their 22nd, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. The, the virtual this year, we couldn't go, mm. but I, I, I must have been there at least for 18 uh, editions, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I was always trying to helpful, you know, I could translate, I could do anything, I could be hospitality, I, I, <laughs> I always hang around and, and they treat me like a family and we, we, we bounce off ideas and I really enjoy that because I'm probably one of the few ones that sort of coming from America uh, point of mm. view. I, I, and then when I was in, uh, um, when I landed in Chicago, my first job was, in, was running the Chicago International Film Festival. So I was their managing director between 2000 to 2006. Mm-hmm. So I did that for six years. So, so on, on, on all basis, my film festival connection was already, uh, how do I say, breeding was breathing and cooking. <laughs> All my interests were dead. Uh, even though afterwards, you know, I moved into a music group, I tried to de- do, because I want to learn some other thing besides just staging and film festivals. So, so I ran a uh, music ensemble, very niche, contemporary uh, classical, so it's very niche, small group, chamber, uh, but I learned all about staging, the live show and everything, you know, and, and meet a whole bunch of new people, new music people. So they are another group of network I have. So until 2015, so what should I do? I think <laughs> I wanted to add, uh, I, I want to start my third ad, you know, <laughs> ad number three. So my ad number three is uh, start my own film festival because I did wait. I did wait all this time for Chicago to have its own Asian film festival. Mm. No, we didn't have. We have the Jewish, the Polish, the 
every country have their own little <laughs> film festival on the side, beside the major uh, international film festival, the Chicago International Film Festival, which is one of the oldest uh, film festival in the United States. Mm. Um, they do have Asian film, but you know, it's just a very small selection. And I think <laughs> by 2015, I think it's an embarrassment that Chicago as a city does not have is did not have its own Asian film festival. I mean, New York Asian Film Festival is what, 17, 18 years old? San Francisco, San Diego, Seattle, they all have it. And why don't we have it? Just because we are in the middle of the country? That's <laughs> <laughs> that the Chinese don't come here or what? <laughs> so uh, so I, I, I just said, maybe this is the time I pursue something I really enjoy doing is programming. I mean, I, I can all organize, I can operation, I can do everything, but programming is something I, I really enjoy because I would like to choose something that, that I uh, create some uh, followers and people enjoying and they can, they can pick and choose, you know, and find out what they want. And uh, I never got to do that at the Chicago International Film Festival because I was really the business person uh, mm. during my, my um, time there. So anyway, that's how I started. So 2015 was a crucial year that I was thinking about what to do next. And that's how I think about why don't I start my own film festival? <laughs> cool. So you've got a story behind why it's called the Asian pop-up cinema, haven't you? Yes, I do. It's a <laughs> Actually, I tell you, we Chinese do believe in fate and destination. So uh, it was in April. I was visiting uh, probably around Easter time or before, you know, around that time, I, because my, my husband is from New York. So we always go back home for a few days for holidays. And then through Facebook, I saw Subi. Subi was the uh, wife of uh, Pang Ho Chang, you know, Pang Ho Chang, the director, mm, we mm. all know, you know, the, all the puff and the puff and the puff. Serious? Was in So I said, so I Facebook messenger her, I said, hey, we should have a coffee in Manhattan because all this year I've been seeing him also at the Udine. <laughs> I was actually his interpreter for a couple of his uh, seasons. Uh, when he was there. They said, yeah, why not? So we met up, uh, Columbus Circle, uh, right around there at that little French uh, bistro. Unfortunately, it's closed now, mm -hmm. but we had a great coffee and everything. Then I told Pang, I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking to do. Should I do it? Should I not do it? And what do you think? And you know, Pang, he's like, he's like a, uh, he's like a guru, you know, <laughs> the way he talks and everything. Well, if this is something you really passionate to do, then just do it, you know. <laughs> and so we talk about the festival name. I said, how do I make my festival a little bit different that catch people's attention? Uh, because when I, I, I already thinking about as a business person, I already think about the money side of it. You know, mm, I didn't yeah. have too much money. It's, it's, it's really my family money at the beginning of this because I do need to prove myself worth the while before you can go out and ask money, right? Mm, 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 so mm. I, think, I think it's fair and, and it's an investment in a sense. Uh, so I don't want to make it super big, but I also don't want it to be nobody understands see me. So mm. how do I do it? Uh, so first of all, I said, I'm going to do it half and half within the year. Because when I have a first half and a second half, I have the, mo I have the flexibility to get volunteer easier. Because you mm. ask somebody to come in on board doing two week show, 50 film, all together at the same time, it's a lot to ask for mm. people to doing it for nothing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then, and then, also, for the rest of the year, how do I engage people? How do I get, I don't have the setup yet, you know? So if I split it up, I'm sort of in people's face all the time, you know? At the beginning, before you forget me, I pop up again, you know? <laughs> so, so, so the popping up right there in my mind, and I said, <laughs> how about we call it something pop-up? He said, yes, pop-up is a good name, go for it. 
go for it. <laughs> Why not pop up? You know. So that's how we start Asian pop up cinema. <laughs> so. It is actually quite fitted, even in today, five years later. Fair enough, we are all stuck in this you know, new world. Very, mm -hmm. uh, we are all grounded. Uh, but the pop-up mentality actually is now widespread. Everybody is popping up. They're popping up online, they're on crowd, they're virtual at their home, they're doing yogurt, and everything is popping up now. So it's actually, <laughs> I'm right in. <laughs> so, uh, so good. So we can, we are now uh, in my fifth year. So this is our fifth anniversary. And mm -hmm. I am, uh, 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 this is the fall, right? I'm season 11 because I started uh, after our conversation in April, I went to Udene first because mm -hmm. Udene was yeah. uh, last week of uh, April. And I talked yeah. to all the consultants again. You know, I get blah, 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 blah. So <laughs> I think all my blah, 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 my, my pitch, I, I, I need to know whether I got all my family there to help me out. You know, I need everybody. I need all the consultants from Asia, everybody. I need Sabrina. I, I talk to everybody, you know, uh, and, and also, you know, brainstorming a little bit. Uh, so when I come back, I register. I got my sales stamps as an educational and cultural organization. That's what we are. Uh, in okay. the United States, you have to do that. Uh, either you are a for-profit or non-profit. So mm -hmm. I set it up as a non-profit. And then right away, I put together my first program and launched season one, that fall. And that's it. <laughs> and because of Pan Ho Chum, I said, you got to support me with one film. <laughs> uh, so at that time it was woman who flirt oh yeah yeah that was the funniest film we ever have and it's so <laughs> and it was my grand opening night uh mm. the inaugural film so in this season we're bringing it back even though it's, it's online now we make it mm -hmm. our little you know celebration of a fifth anniversary because <laughs> So I thought it's still very uh, cute and uh, appropriate, you know. And I pair it with another film you probably know already, Man on the Dragon. Yes, we do know Yes, well. we, we know yeah. that very well. Yeah. So those two films together, one film about women, one film about men. We are totally, equally, politically. <laughs> so here we go. We're starting, starting on September 10, my season 11. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the new situation, we are, we are making it a, 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 a combo. No? We have some yeah. online, yeah. we have some uh, at the drive-in. Mm. First of all, the weather would be nice. You know, I can't okay. do driving in the winter for Chicago mm. or, or even in the spring. I'm a little worried about that in the, because we could have snow in April. Wow. So, so driving in uh, the spring would not be possible, but driving in the, in the fall is actually very pleasant. The sunset time is earlier, so we, we don't have to wait until 10 o'clock, it's all dark. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, so I, 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 I put seven films that I think, I mean the opening night and closing night for festive, you know, for being a festival, we want to make it a little special event. I put those films, definitely at the drive-in. And in between, I slot some of the film which are more suitable for a drive-in situation, uh, you know, environment, and save the rest on a virtual uh, platform. Is that like a proper old school big, except we don't really get drive-ins in, yeah, in the UK. Yeah, it's not really a thing for us. Yeah. So, so I've seen them in like the old Hollywood films and stuff, you know, like... Look, the Blob is the a blob. classic. Yeah, yeah, the classic yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a blow-up. That's very cool. Huge blow-up. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the operator told me that, uh, the theater operator that told me oh. that. Ring, small ring, no problem. Because you're supposed to watch it inside the yeah, car. Yeah, car so, yeah. Uh, the sound is going through the radio station to your radio station. Oh, so you have like a box or something. Yeah, they, oh, they, okay, they okay. program it, but they will be going to the channel that you can open up in your radio station, mm. uh, in your car radio, in your car yeah. radio. That's the audio that comes through. And then the screen is there uh, up front. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot that is about, that can fit 100 cars, 
but because okay. of social distancing, we make it only 40 cars. So okay. that means almost like every other car is, is a spot open. So every car has its own social distancing circle, you know, okay. uh, area. Um, so by here, by law, you can have up to six people in a car. So basically okay. one car can bring six people, they can watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, if they can watch it using the tail, using the pack backward, they can open the, the hatchback a little bit, as long as it's not blocking the one at the back. Yeah. And do it. So uh, I was there a couple nights before when they were showing Jurassic Park. Of uh, course, the parents are bringing all the kids there. Yeah. So kids need to come out, right? Mm -hmm. So they were all sitting in the hatchback, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then the parents bring their little uh, uh, chair out. They're sitting right in front. Oh, so you don't have to stay in the car. You're, you just kind of, your space. You want to on a nice day, as long as they can okay. do it. And I think for the yeah. classic part, everybody knows the movie already. <laughs> 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 I think they, they don't really need to hear the thing. It's more the video, more the entertaining and, and gathering the children out yeah. to do something, you know, mm -hmm. on the weekend. Because their show are all on the weekend. Okay. Yeah. And because of that, we are also showing most of our films on the weekends for a change. Mm because mm -hmm. uh, we used to show film at AMC. We, we will continue when, when things are, you know, getting more normal in, in mm. the, but you know, weekend rental is much higher than the weekdays when yeah. So we never had that opportunity to do that. But at the drive-in, <laughs> contrary to that, we can do it now. So most of our drive-ins are weekend, Especially, I'm very much looking forward to the Halloween weekend because I'm mm. staging Train to Busan and Peninsula back to back today. <laughs> very nice. Uh, uh, so, you see it? Yeah, yeah. We, we've, yeah. we've seen yeah. it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I enjoy it, you know, in, in a different way of enjoying it. Train to Busan mm -hmm. uh, is a transsector. It's definitely the most original zombie movie you have ever seen in the cinema world, right? In the industry. <laughs> As an action thriller, the, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. It's well done as usual. Having the kids in there and all those things, it's all worked. Uh, I, I love it as it is. I love mm. it even independently, just as an action thriller. Mm. Uh, so, mm. so I'm okay. So, I would love to have seen it in the drive-in. Yeah, yeah, that we, yeah, we just screen. We, yeah. we we saw it on like a online screeners for which oh. we were sent to watch. So we've, I would love to watch. And going, I've never been to a drive-in. Number one, so I'd love to go to a drive-in. Number two, I would definitely watch Peninsula at the drive-in. <laughs> you know, that would be. I would love that man. That would be very cool. Mm. Yeah, amongst all the film, because we just announced these two films are getting people mm. booking already. Because That's we cool. only have right. 40 cars. So, 40 cars. So 40 cars. <laughs> it's not like I'm taking care of it. four. So, so it is also the truth, though. If, even if today you go to a cinema because of mm -hmm. social distancing, you are yeah. only doing 30% capacity anyway. Mm. So, so you never can go big like before. I mean, COVID-19 yeah. make all of, a, of a shrink. So we're going to shrink. And I think driving 40 cars is the perfect size for us. So, so do, you still, do you still have to like stand up at the front then and give a speech, you know, an introduction and everything? Or? We can do it, ceremonial. We can yeah. put a riser and do all that. Or, mm. or, or I can speak over a, a station. Yeah, OK. Do that. Uh, I, I, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, mm. I do have a lot of pre-rolls all organized. I have intro okay. by the director or, oh, cool, or cool. that kind of thing. We all string into the, the film before we show mm, it. Mm, mm. So it's already a long film and you actually said that. So I don't want to make it unless my speech <laughs> is trying to kill the light. You know, <laughs> bring the light down and if the sunset that day is not cooperating, then I'm yeah. going to do that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, but I will be there for sure. It's, it's also a new experience for me to show mm -hmm. a film at the drive-in. So I'm yeah. learning it. Unfortunately, every time you learn a new thing, it's your opening night. <laughs> so we're going to swing it, how, whatever it is. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just, I'm interested in general as well. So how do you, 
you try to like recreate the sort of festival experience or uh, so for the online sort of side of things as well like to me you know one of the main things about going to a festival is you know not just watching the films but kind of being part of like an event and stuff so how do you mm -hmm. kind of approach that that side of things well that one is i'm a little bit uh i i did have uh create all the i i invited a virtual moderators uh, mm. from Japan, from Hong Kong, and also another one in, in Chicago, doing all the films, uh, mm -hmm. talking to all the, uh, all the directors. Mm -hmm. um, but scheduling them, because we are showing the film five days, you know, all, every okay. title, it got five days to watch, and they can watch anytime. Once they click uh, the watch, okay. they can watch it. Mm. So from my experience, from my physical festival, People are more responsive to a conversation is immediately after the show. Yeah. yeah. That's why we brought the filmmakers to Chicago and we did the Q&A mm -hmm. right there at the end of the show. Yeah. But on online, unless you really time it right to have a live webinar and the majority of people already saw the film, they can yeah. do it. And it's not really all together sometimes because people's scheduling yeah. is so, so loose now. You cannot mm. really track anybody. So my design in this way is every film at the end have the Q&A okay. pre-recorded. So right. my editor is busy uh, adding subtitles, doing all that and string it at the end of the show. So it's mm. up to the audience. Once you finish the credit roll, they will see the Q&A starting. The question, mm -hmm. answer, question, answer. It's all up. Okay. It's a little bit less, less so what we call live, yes. but they can see these are the exclusive responses yeah. made to my exclusive moderator's mm -hmm. uh, question. And some of them gone all the way to 30 minutes. So it's up to you <laughs> whether you want to stay on and watch it or, yeah. or not. Uh, in mm -hmm. the end, all the Q&A will be uh, archived on our website in okay. our Q&A library. So people yeah. can go back and play back, even though mm -hmm. they are out of the, you know, the watch click, right? Once you click the watch, you only got one time to finish it. But you've got mm -hmm. 30 hours to finish it, you know, so you, okay. can, you can pause and go back and whatever. So I think that that, that will create a little bit more enhancement to just simply watching the film. Sure. Maybe after this, because this kind of setup is really new to us as well. Mm. Maybe next year we'll be more equipped to do some live thing after this, you know, and yeah. see mm. how people feel about it, whether people still click uh, to fill out my ballots and all that thing, you know. Mm. I, 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 I think uh, we do one step at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe next year. No matter what happens, I do think uh, streaming is going to stay yeah. in mm. the festival world, uh, in, in a portion of it or, or as part of the festival or outside of the main selection as an mm -hmm. ongoing engagement, engagement uh, uh, initiative. Mm -hmm. And I, I will look into uh, creating, you know, co continue with, with that. Because we now, all of a sudden, besides just Chicago-based, Chicago people, we are national. Yeah. Because our virtual program is open to the entire United States, wherever oh, okay. you are. So yeah. we don't even geo-block per city, per state. Mm, yeah. All the film I select, I make sure it's good for the whole country. If it's mm. not, I said, well, let other festivals take care of it. I'm just doing <laughs> USA one place for all. Yeah. Uh, so it's easier. Uh, and 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 I I also do not feel like I need to compete. You know, if some other film festival have the right channel to show with their community for mm -hmm. certain film, go for it. We just mm -hmm. we just put out the films not being shown as much as possible yeah. as being the first festival showing it. Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever genre, as long as it's two things: entertaining. Mm -hmm. cultural, interesting, and educational. That's our mm -hmm. mission, and we're going to do that. And I want the audience to love us. So we have an audience <laughs> choice award. <laughs> but do you, th you think in terms of the curation, though, because for the online stuff, then, because you're kind of, 
if you're creating for like the the physical film festival and cinemas, you know, you have the big screen and stuff. Yeah. So does it change the curating a bit when you're creating for maybe people who are watching on like a laptop, uh, you know, an iPad, a phone, or stuff like? Because you've still got some big, some big films, obviously, like, you know, the climbers and stuff like, as well as you know, Train to Busan Peninsula. But does that change? You're looking for films as well, which are maybe don't need to be seen on the big screen, like special effects films, whatnot, everything. Well. For sure, my climber is at the drive-in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Peninsula and all those.、Uh, but for the online program that I have, I definitely switch a little bit. Yeah.、Mm. I switch a little bit,、uh, thinking about who my streamers,、mm. my streamers will be. <laughs> They have to be a little bit tech savvy, not、yeah. not scared about all this button or apps or anything, <laughs> and、uh, they have to know how to sign on and create、yeah. your own account and click and make it as easy as possible.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, it will be different from my physical attendance before. Yes.、Yeah. Uh, so you can see my Japan、uh, selection online, totally online. It's、mm. a really eclectic and more indie films. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah,、mm. more indie film, and and、uh, and then、uh, the Taiwanese selection is my biggest、uh, documentaries that I have ever、mm. shown. Is that they can see documentaries a little bit differently than they. I mean, the record somehow the expectation is a little bit different. You know,、mm. the people、yeah. watching documentaries are. A little bit different from the people watching feature narrators. Yeah, 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 so, so I think that's also featured.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and then,、um, other than that, I think I I did put that in mind. I did、yeah. had that thought in mind, making my online program slightly different from my usual、uh, audience.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, the traditional audience that have been coming to my festival last、uh, five years. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I mean, even just like in terms of working with the, you know, the production companies or the、mm-hmm. sales agents, do you find they're still okay with you? Because you're you're almost acting like a, like a limited distributor for a period of time. If you have the films for like five days, but does that still, you know, without getting into like the details, but is, is that still okay for some of these companies? They're worried about piracy more. Or? They do.、Uh, yeah. I I I think across the board, all the film rights holders. Are very、mm. concerned about privacy. That's、mm. why I go to Festival Scope because they're powered by Ship Seventy Two, so、okay. it's it's very secure. They're totally、mm-hmm. DRM uh, appliance, uh, even though they are in Paris. So I've been working around the clock <laughs> between Asia, Paris, Chicago, Asia, Paris. Twenty-four、uh, hour a day. Twenty-four、yeah. hours a day for the last ten days. That's why I'm so hyped because I. <laughs> You don't know what I'm drinking. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway,、um, going back. So that's number one thing. I have to get their approval,、yeah. and they. I have to talk and discuss and make sure they approve my platform first before they give me the phone. The, okay. So my my portal is my biggest thing that I have to get through first. So before I even chose the film, I have to find the right portal. I have、mm. to use the right. Portal that I I I think everybody will accept. So that done first before I talk to the film people.、Yeah. And indeed, there are some films are not、uh, they are not ready to be streaming. They、yeah. do they if they are ready to be streamed, they are very selective.、Mm. And because they are so selective, it make it harder for me to organize、mm. uh, because you know. This year's program is extremely、uh, difficult in a sense that at the beginning I think AMC would open up, they would、mm. open up, so they would be opening up. So I've been waiting May, June, July until now <laughs> August. So、yeah. all this time I had the backup of the drive-in, but I don't know whether I booked the drive-in, you know,、mm. for sure because the drive-in actually pop up already in May. They are there.、Yeah. They are in the city everywhere, different neighborhood, everything. Um, so it really come to Ju- end of July, early August. Then, then I said AMC, sorry, I really cannot hold anymore because I don't know whether I can slot any film in a in a physical screening or I have to put them on a virtual. So I、yeah. cannot hold. So by then, I immediately switch. 
so it is a lot of uh, uh, final maneuvering, you know, mm. uh, getting everything, juggling and everything, everything. Uh, but what I have got are the films that the, the everybody happy about it. The yeah. film, the filmmakers happy about, the producer happy about it, the films are the right, everybody. Mm. <laughs> and then I think also it's the right film for the right venue. Yeah. So, mm. so it is, it is, it needs a lot of, uh, you know, thoughtful coordinating, but mm. I think I make it work and it will work. Uh, mm -hmm that the next thing is to get my audience to be uh, more educated how to use the online portal. Mm -hmm. So you, it's another step to engage yeah. them, teach them how to do it. I give them step-by-step -step instruction, everything, very easy, very going. Uh, mm. And then for the driving and everything. So, mm. so uh, it, it just, uh, it is an ongoing effort of working continuously. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to think of new, new thing to engage them, uh, especially for the online program. So yeah. now I don't have stars, right? I don't have stars coming. I don't have yeah. coming. I don't, I cannot show red carpet the way we show red carpet. Uh, so as a film festival, how do I still make it um, a festival uh, ambient, you know, yeah. Yeah. gathering people? Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm still thinking about opening night. I have a funny But I do have somebody who is a very uh, respectful and also a very uh, 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 you know, uh, important actor from uh, mm. uh, Korea is An Song Ki. So yeah. he's yeah, one of, of the big yeah. names, uh, one of the most respected actor, and he also mm. is is somebody who who support and nurture new filmmakers. He, he you know he's, he's one of the big ones. And he was supposed to come in April when we show his film Picking yeah. a Flower. So mm. because that was canceled, I already made an award for him. So That's at funny. that point, so now I figured out why don't I just make this my opening night film? I yeah. send the trophy to him in Seoul. He make a virtual acceptance speech, a video, and he <laughs> send it back to us and it will be straight into the beginning of the film. So that's my little uh, celebration of, mm. of, of him uh, as part of that film. So that become my opening night film with a little um, star power in a sense. Mm. Uh, and then the other film, I think the film itself, the story, will 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 click anyway and uh the one only online because i have three physical for the south korean film the one only online film i have for south korea is this actually a historical significant uh, documentary about this uh musician a world renowned musician actually mm -hmm. he, he moved to japan so he's, he got a japanese uh, uh background and uh, trying to do a crossover Aryan, that song, you know. So that song, how did that song affect the whole history of, um, of uh, the Koreans, especially uh, uh, when the Koreans were being uh, uh, deported during the Japanese colonial time? They were sent out to build roads, to be working the coal mines and everything. And how do those people hang on to this song and, mm. and uh, uh, bring, you know, overcome their suffering and everything? So even though it's a sad story, but it's a historically correct documentary and mm -hmm. it's correct, but because of the musical element, because you will see actually this song sing like a jazz. The modern interpretation of that song, but it was cut into some concert uh, yeah. of, because it, it's him collecting all these stories, interviewing all the people, uh, the, the showing that pianist, composer, but he also organizing this concert that actually took place. So in the end, the documentary has a musical element of it, which is beautiful. And the songs are so well sung uh, in, in a modern way. Uh, mm. that I put it online that everybody can watch it. And, mm. and I thought it's important, you know, uh, uh, it's not the, uh, 
you know, the usual Korean film you always see in a Korean film festival. But I think it has its own merit that need to be shown. So that is my only online South Korean film that everybody should not miss. That's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> Are there any other films that, that you'd like to pick out for our audience that they should they should definitely watch? <laughs> oh, I cannot. They are all my babies. <laughs> They're all good films. I do take with the diversity. And yeah. I, I, I always think there are always something for that, that got you, you know, for mm. somebody. You know, every, every, if you're like a little dog, uh, satire, farce, that kind of thing, I highly recommend you to see Best Director. I was going to ask you about that one, yeah, because that's you've got a, you've got a couple of these like Chinese indies in there, like that and uh, all about Ing. Yes, it's well. yeah, really yeah. Indian film, and mm. best director is probably a a a hilarious farce you can overthink about, mm, mm. and it's black and white. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's shot very interesting, and I don't know, I don't want to tell you everything, but if if you had anything to do with China and lived yeah. there for a while, um, the, the cultural aspect of it, you know, is really mm. kicking, and how everybody trying to get something out of anybody, you know, everybody <laughs> have any secret agenda, and anybody, and you don't, you should never go to any reunion banquet. You never know what is going to happen. So. All three Chinese films had a one common element. Yeah. All of them are going home. Okay. They're having mm -hmm. a homecoming trip. They either go home to get permission to get married, or they either go home to find their roots, or mm. try to reconcile their sorrow or find peace. So they mm. all have it, including A Touch of Spring as well, which oh, is yeah. Canadian yeah. Chinese going back, right? Mm -hmm. So they all have this home thing in it. But the outcome of each of them revealed differently, told differently. Some of them are, you know, it is what it is. Some of them are, you never know what is going to happen until the last scene. So, I'm at. I really want to see Best Best Director is one of those films I've been hearing about for a, for a while from China. And I really, that's one I really want to see as well. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. You should go home, have a drink, happy hour at the pub. Had a beer, had a beer on me. <laughs> we started already. We're really started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. And good to see you guys. And be safe. Yes. Okay? You too. Okay, take it easy. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. The Asian Pop-Up Cinema runs from September 10 to October 10 mm. with their Halloween treat as it is called on October 30th and 31st. Find out more at asianpopupcinema.org. Cool. And on to Benny Chan, who <sighs> sadly died of yeah. nasopharyngeal cancer on mm. August the 23rd. Very, very, very sad. Very sad news. Uh, I mean, you, you can just—I mean, even just like looking at reactions uh, across the internet, or and from uh, some of the people who pay tribute to him from the Hong Kong industry, you can see how sudden and how you know, quite shocking this genuinely was. I mean, by all accounts, uh, it seems not—you know—not only was he a very influential action filmmaker, but very, very well liked by everyone. Mm. It seems he was—you know—one of the not going to say one of the few, I guess, but a, a genuinely well liked gentleman. Of a director and everything, as well as having made some key films, and everything. So, very, yeah, I, I was, yeah, really shocked and surprised. Yeah, I mean, I had no that, idea like that he was people. having a. And it sounds like it, it was quite, mm. unfortunately, like something which came on quite suddenly mm. as well. So it's, yeah, yeah, very shocking and sad news. But you know, and he has made such an impact, on the sort of action genre, everything over the it's years. It's interesting because I think he's, he. he definitely kind of divine defines what Hong Kong cinema became in the yeah. 90s and noughties mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of bridging that gap from what we all knew about action film from John Woo and Chan yeah. Huck and, and those guys and it does become something different when he's mm. kind of takes the takes yeah. the lead you know, yeah, from yeah. from you know even from a moment of romance there's a bit more of that kind of American slickness in the way it's kind of shot and put together it's mm -hmm. 
I mean, Mummy Romance is still one of my all-time favorite Hong Kong films. Everything. I mean, just yeah, one of. I mean, I'm an Andy Lau fan as well, but that's one of his iconic performances, mm-hmm. man. He's the, just the scenes oh, on the bike, <laughs> the wedding dress, everything. I mean, that's you know, even like check it, like so many like Stephen Chow films, other things have like kind of like lampooned or referenced that. Yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. It's just that is one of the best all time. I mean, if I leave here today, get hit by a car, that'll still be one of my favorite Hong Kong scenes. That and I, I'm not gonna pretend I can sing the soundtrack everything but that, <laughs> the song the music everything that scene I mean the whole film is great anyway but that scene is I don't know it's kind of hard to talk that thing of, of really bringing a kind of a pop soundtrack to yeah 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 for sure uh, it's, Hong Kong films as well rather than you don't you might have to start doing the end theme yeah this, yeah this really kind of brings it is much more of an integral kind of absolutely absolutely you know and it just it works so well that scene mm. everything like that and we had you know the 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 other two films in the series which are actually surprisingly so pretty good even even yeah. though they're just I mean, the moment of romance too is is pretty much a rerun of <laughs> much exactly so i think yeah it's a bit more car, a bit more car racing yeah everything but it, it they are kind of remakes still but um they're still cool uh, mm. as well i mean more romance is still you know but it's the other ones are good too and that had so much of an influence on other directors as well because it, it's that kind of you know it mixes the the kind of melodrama the action the kind of triad theme the whole sort of brotherhood theme and like you've got a useless really useless friend who keeps getting you into trouble but because you're Andy Lau you still have to back him up even though it means you're going to get stabbed up on the street yeah <laughs> but it's like classic and that is mm. you know that even harks back to some of the like Shaw Brothers films and everything Quince and, and yeah 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 exactly so it's for me what he did with Moment of Romance it really kind of like uh, crystallized all those things together and at that time like 1990 whatever mm. it was like a really sort of contemporary but classic at the same time it, it, it's a really nicely made film mm. as well I did the pacing throughout everything it's uh it's well acted everything about it is just oh <laughs> i love i love Mona romance man <laughs> i never thought i'd say that for just just going by the title of the film you know i'm not going soft like but you know, <laughs> classic film but you know he really kind of carved out uh quite a lot of his films carve out this this action persona as well yeah. the, the kind yeah. of move on from uh, big bullet and uh, big bullet yes that's a nice film but i think what he the other kind of thing he did which we saw in some of his later mm. films is he's one of the i mean we kind of associate a lot of like hong kong stuff and like maybe like the 90s and stuff especially with this kind of or 80s as well like kind of slightly wackiness yeah to and everything but he's one of the guys who managed to kind of balance it like i mean heroic duo great film ridiculous plot like hypnotism and everything <laughs> it's it's insane but he has like a, a big cast but he still managed to, it's not that he makes it plausible but he makes it fun yeah uh, and it yeah. kind of goes it moves along quickly and it's it's really cool film. and i think that's the i mean that that kind of solid you mm. always kind of knew with maybe one or two blips you always knew you were yeah. going to get a solid film from from Ab- absolutely, Benny Chan and, absolutely. and everything he, he kind of touched you know hey, from, yeah you know various riffs on on action mm. films but yeah in... he got the pace he always gets the pacing right everything. yeah he doesn't have these like wacky like two and a half hour long type nonsense everything he he knows his stars he knows the pacing he knows the Classic set pieces. 90 90 minutes to one hour 40 kind of. <laughs> i love it man you know that's that's music to my ears you yeah. know but he and so many of these films he did i, I think other ones when I mean, we we like city under siege then mm bizarre (laughs) to put it lightly i mean it's a it's a wacky film sitting in the siege man it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but you know you have uh aaron kwok as some kind of circus clown slash mime kong chu is a mutant he basically starts crying because he he genuinely wants shu chi to love him 
and everything. It's it's a it's a nonsense film, but he makes it fun. You know, he, he puts he still has the action beats and everything behind this and everything. Mm. And I think that that's one of the main things about him is like everybody genuinely seems to have liked working with him. Yeah. Uh, you've had like you know Stephen Fong, like Daniel Wu, all these people come out and saying like some of their best experiences with working with them. So like Divergence, like uh, Gen X Cops or mm. Gen Y Cops, shout out to Paul Rudd. Mm. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Ca- <laughs> I, I, even when we were like talking about this again and everything, so I had a vague memory about Paul Rudd and Gen Y Cops and everything. And watching it back again, I mean, that's, it's, he can't ever better that performance, man. It's just, it's so bizarre what he does in that film. But it's, even then, like, when he was doing those films, which were quite, and the same, I guess, kind of, it's kind of similar with a uh, new police story mm. and stuff. He kind of tied in um, themes which are a little bit not weird, but like a sort of like whole extreme sports thing. Yes, and yeah, everything yeah. like that. So he was always quite interested in like the kind of like the uh, pretentious zeitgeist. I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fool for saying that, but you know what I mean. He was always interested in like keeping pushing things forward. Yeah, I think at the same time, and although some of those things are could have been ludicrous, he managed still to work them into the proper sort of action, the sort of action format and genre, and make them a lot of fun. And he, it was never there was nothing about heaviness for taking himself seriously, even like a like a invisible target and stuff yeah. like that. Like it's pretty bizarre some of the stuff that happens, but it's there's no heaviness to everything. It was just a lot of fun. You know, and then he does his his take on cellular connected, which I thought actually <laughs> yes. worked very very well. It was it was probably better. You know? I think it was definitely. I mean, definitely cellular was it? But he, yeah, they took the concept and he did something quite. Because it was a few years between yeah. the films, and he really tied it into the sort of whole mobile phone technology sort of. Which, let's be honest, was so much more advanced than it is in the West at the time. So <laughs> yeah. He did a great job with Connect. Absolutely, yeah. that was yeah. a great film as well, man. And he was a. Again, it's that perfect mix of being a commercially minded director, but who's still like, knows his action. Mm. You know, great film as well, man. Why? Yeah, and he takes on the Shaolin Temple with with Shaolin. Yeah, of course, and yeah, he he kind of moved into the period stuff unfortunately towards the end of his career mm. and stuff but even that and what's it called Heroes and everything as well were both I, I think really tied back to the kind of classic Hong Kong films and the Shaw Brothers stuff yeah but they were still we shouldn't forget that he did the Magic Crane the Magic yeah, Crane with the Tony Lung and everything yeah of course so he's yeah, it would be interesting to see him do more of those kind of mm. period films as well because I mean, uh, particularly, I mean, I think even more so Call of Heroes, actually. I mean, that just was, really works in a very kind of... I was of so surprised how good that film was, was everything. Yeah. Uh, I saw a little bit of that one, there's some nice ideas in the setups, but the CGI just... Well, bit, okay. Bit, no, that's fair. Obvious, but no, no, that's fair, that's fair. I, I saw it in Cineworld. It was mm. one of those weird ones which actually got a proper release around the UK and stuff. And, um, and it had that kind of... I was surprised at how old school it kind of felt, because mm. before that, obviously, I'd just been familiar with like the connecteds and you know the invisible target and stuff mainly uh, and seeing him doing this kind of like period piece and he was a very good fit for it as well i thought yeah it's a good fun film like and everything and it's just you know and you've got uh louis louis q doing his absolutely <laughs> fantastic <laughs> is he ever not is he ever not fantastic though i mean he was a, such a, a, a excellent crazy crazy guy in it but then you know i think i guess you kind of underrated but another actor who worked with with him several times was nicholas c who was who did yes. a very similar thing in chowler yeah, yeah you know yeah. and actually you kind of I mean, yeah i, I but completely agree i haven't see. seen him in anything for ages but he was no again, he's not he's really great much, as a kind of yeah. and i think you see you get that with the actors actually never really came across in corner here so you know everybody's kind of enjoying themselves they're all Playing yeah, good, feel, yeah. good. They actually feel like quite 
like behind the scenes they're mm. coming in with these quite well constructed characters so they, you know, yeah. and just kind of getting into it and rolling with the absolutely and I think that's one of those things like it seems like people genuinely kind of enjoyed working with Benny mm. Channel films and everything and he kind of had this kind of a way of bringing people together on films which is very cool but uh, we're not going to talk about Meow um, <laughs> uh, what? what Meow? <laughs> But which is yeah, yeah. Which well, is what's this one Ra- Raging Fire Raging Fire which yeah. is with Don, Don, Donnie Yen, Yen. And it was, uh, was in post production I think it's in post yeah so sadly you know he they finished shooting it and he mm-hmm. had to step back from the post production because of you know unfortunately his uh, you know his illness and everything so it, it's still in post I believe mm-hmm. but um, there a few uh, shots have been released from it and everything I mean you've got to be looking forward to that man. it's yeah. great cast and everything uh, I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's a real shame. It is, it is really, a real shame. It's it really, really sad. Yeah. It's about you know fifty, fifty eight years old. Mm. I mean, that's you know he he would have kept going like delivering more action and everything like that for quite a long time. So you know, let's let's pour one out for Benny Chapman. Mm. Here's to you, man. Yeah. Hi, I'm Diego Aparicio from Cyprus, from the Udine Far East Film Festival campus. The film I want to talk about is Johnny Toe's Chasing Dream. For a filmmaker whose cinematic curve now spans four decades of work, the latest title by Hong Kong director Johnny Toe, who brought us breaking news, election, and drug war, is not exactly wildly impressive. Regardless, Chasing Dream does make for a quite unique viewing experience, not least because of its bizarre marriage of MMA and musical elements in this two-hour mesh that seems to borrow less grammar from cinema and more from TV and the entertainment industry. Judging by the presence of five as well as two-star ratings on Far East Film Festival's online viewing platform, the film does seem to be dividing audiences during its international premiere at Udine's 22nd edition of the acclaimed festival. Tiger, played by Jackie Hung, a successful MMA champion, is in the process of quitting the ring in the hope of opening a hot pot chain after his doctor warns him of the impending dangers of his career in the sport. The fighter befriends Kuku Du, played by Keru Wang, a ring girl who owes Tiger's coach a big debt and supports her efforts to make it as a singer. He drives her to several auditions for the Perfect Diva talent show and she cheers him on in the ring throughout his last matches. With the ex who dumped her and ripped off her music now judging her on the show, Du is determined to prove her worth just as much as Tiger is determined to leave MMA behind once his and his master's honor has been upheld. Rather predictably, a love interest develops between the two protagonists in a two-hour film that could have ended 30 minutes earlier, if it weren't for a questionable subplot. For all the guilty pleasures viewers may derive from the pop songs and the talent show aesthetics, the film does feel a bit flat for a musical, and it doesn't particularly end on a high note. Moreover, for a work heavily referencing pop culture, the sound design feels a bit basic, and the songs are always out of sync with the character's lips. Perhaps, like the over-stylized visual touches, this was a deliberate choice related to TV aesthetics, but it does feel a bit sloppy. Still, the physicality of the ring scenes and the film's unconventional combination of elements ultimately do keep the viewer engaged to an extent, thanks to a certain unpredictability factor. Particularly when we're introduced to a fantasy dance scene featuring the entire cast honoring the conventions of the musical genre. It is almost unquestionable that Toe seems to be confident in his craft, regardless of how appealing the film as a whole may be to each individual viewer. The MMA scenes are particularly well shot and edited, and there's a certain rhythm to the entire film, even if the story and plot devices may not be everyone's cup of tea. When you sign up to watch a film that combines martial arts with musical elements, you know what you're getting yourself into.
Chasing Dream is not an art house film or an experimental indie production. It is a bona fide B movie with strong elements from the world of sports and pop music entertainment. You won't watch it looking for inspiration or expecting to see performances that justify the title. If, on the other hand, you're looking for something flashy and upbeat that doesn't require too much thinking for some nighttime viewing, then look no further. it for this episode if you want to catch up on previous episodes where we spoke to <laughs> the cast and crew for the Malaysian martial art film Garan great film yeah. or catch up on our discussion about Wuxiang the classic by Peter Chan <laughs> excellent or even our Beidouna special you can find them all they're all there all there on podcasts you find them on Apple Spotify Google and various other platforms every platform we're every everywhere. Platform. everywhere and if you want to let us know what you think of the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. We don't bite. Please, please get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, let's pour one out for Benny Chef.